In a world where truth is suppressed, information is censored, and alternative ideas are silenced, one group refuses to be muzzled. Despite shadow bans on social media, low downloads, and crickets on Patreon, one group refuses to be a mainstream media puppet. Today, we honor that one group, the heroes of the cannabis airwaves. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the Podcasters. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us and welcome back. We have another great show in store for you today. Stephen Vanduel is here to talk about his podcast, Cannabis Cum Laude. Stephen, welcome to the show. Dan, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here because, well, first off, it's great to meet a fellow Western New Yorker who's a legitimate cannabis expert. This is awesome. You and your co-host, Justin, are from Rochester, New York, which is not normally known as a hotbed for cannabis. What prompted you to start the Cannabis Cum Laude podcast? It's funny. Justin and I were very best friends growing up in middle school and high school, like hang out on the weekends, party at each other's house, sleepovers. Like we were best friends growing up. And after high school, we went our separate ways. Justin went to college in the military. I went to college and we kind of disconnected for many years. Fast forward to 2017, I think, 2018. I co-founded uh, a sub-chapter of Normal in Rochester called Rock Normal, which is the Rochester chapter for the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. And I was their deputy director for about two years. We did a lot of lobbying at the local and state level, some at the federal level. We ended up having like a volunteer recruitment meeting. And Justin and I coincidentally reconnected. And I had a passion for cannabis. I was in the business. I have my brand that I started in 2017. I've been an <laughs> entrepreneur for seven years. He's an excellent cultivator, super knowledgeable when it comes to cultivation and the plant. And we were pitching ideas back and forth. What do we want to do? And it was like, let's start a podcast. We know our shit. We have very complimentary backgrounds. We're friends. We have chemistry. And Rochester has been preparing for cannabis legalization for years. So the timing was right. We had the network. We had complementary knowledge. We knew that we could start to get away with things like talking about cultivation and home grow and all that stuff without getting red flagged. And here we are almost 20 episodes later. That's, your show covers a broad spectrum of topics. I just wrote some down. I saw a cultivation, a business, a medicine, science, politics, advocacy, I mean, culture. Normally, it's hard for a podcast with such a broad scope to gain early traction, but you've seen to overcome that barrier. What is it about your show that you think people really have been gravitating towards? Justin and I both bring very specific knowledge and skill set, right? So between that, we already have a good foundation covered. But coming from my advocacy days, the only way to be a true advocate is you have to address the many pillars of cannabis, right? It can't just be cultivation. It can't just be business. Because many people who get cannabis, right, who get it for what it is, like we get it, we understand the medicinal, the agricultural, the economic benefits, the social equity and social justice, it's this whole universe. And to get people to have that aha eureka moment where they get it, you got to cover all the bases. So we knew what our strengths were, which is why we have some specific just episodes, him and I, but we also know that if we really want to cover these topics well, we have to bring experts in. So we brought in doctors and PhDs and 
and people who've worked for high times and people who have done it. And we usually have people that we have good chemistry with, and we've been lucky enough to gain some good traction relatively quickly. Yes, for sure. That's for sure. And it certainly helps that you guys are both well-versed in cannabis. Now, you brought a clip from one of your shows, uh, Hydroponics Show, which was really good. And I, th- I let me play it for you, and then maybe you could set it up or talk a little bit about it afterwards. Hang on one second. So you do get those slight stresses. They're getting fed, and then they're drying out. They stress out a little bit, but then right when they're about to stress, you, you give them that, that feed, and then they absorb it all. Okay. So it's almost more efficient in how the plant eats. You're almost training it from the very beginning. Get it on a set schedule. The plants almost know when to look forward to their next meal in a way. Yeah. So a little bit more consistency. Makes sense. Like a bodybuilder. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's some pretty deep stuff. I mean, that's not cannabis 101. You guys are talking about stressing out the plant. Yeah. That episode is like, there's a lot of awesome parts of that because one, the guest that we had on there, his name's Rob Bonfiglio. He owns a local hydroponic store called Hashtag Hydro. He's on Instagram as the hydro guy. It was cool because he's really hydroponics. Where Justin comes from the organic side, he is a Cornell horticulture student who is going to be one of their first students to go through the cannabis tract. And he comes from organics. So we have hydro, we have organics, we have dummy, me, junior grower who doesn't really know anything. And when you have this kind of breadth of knowledge and experience, you can really get deep. That whole episode was gold. And we actually just shot an episode this week with him about breeding and genetics. And you think you know a lot about something. And then you sit down with people like that who really know. And you walk out and you're like, wow, I know nothing. But like, (laughs) there's just so many people that I'm sure you've encountered too, that you walk out of a conversation saying, wow, I really learned something today. And, and, and quite frankly, that's the coolest part of running a show is after every episode, we get to talk with some of the best out there and get a free lesson. And, you know, that's some college level stuff that we're, you know, privy to, which is really cool stuff. Oh, without a doubt. Speaking of college level stuff, I listened to an episode you did recently with one of Justin's former professors. I was like, the stuff that she was talking about was like, wow, this is, again, it's not like just surface level stuff. It's deep good conversations. Yeah. That was a great interview. Yeah. Berna was so cool. And especially it was cool because she was one of Justin's mentors. She was his professor at FLCC when he was one of the first ones through that track. So he's been first one through FLCC with the first teachers who saw and who've seen it coming onto Cornell and that first track. So like from an education perspective, we've been able to kind of see the life cycle of cannabis making its way into education And to have somebody like Bernard to come on, who's been a 30 or 40 year horticulture expert now getting into cannabis and teaching it, it was just like, man, this is so cool to talk to this woman. And she was just a normal person, just like the rest of us. It was so cool. Let's switch gears for a second and give some advice to other podcasters. A lot of people are interested in putting their podcasts on YouTube. And I always caution them that if you're going to, do a video, you really got to commit to doing it right. And because over the past year, the overall quality of YouTube videos has improved so much that people aren't going to watch grainy videos with crappy sound and bad lighting. You guys have a really solid YouTube game. Can you give our future podcasters some tips for producing good videos? Yeah, absolutely. I have a good friend. His name is Scott Fitzgerald, and he runs a turnkey podcasting studio. It's essentially a podcasting and media production incubator about 10 minutes from my house. 
I mean, he is set up with all the top dog equipment recording. So there's different packages and there's all this stuff. But long story short, we we said, if we're going to make it in the content business, you got to have good, high quality content. And we just didn't have the know-how or at the time want to spend three, four grand on something that we, we hadn't found our rhythm in yet. So we've been working with Scott since day one over at Rock Fox Studios. And it's I don't know if it's something that you should do forever because it is expensive. We pay big bucks to get the full hour recording, video, audio transitions. But if you want to play in the video game, you got to have high quality. So my advice would be if you have a resource like that in your hometown, see if you can access it. See if you can rent the studio out for an hour and focus on dialing in your show. Because if you're trying to figure out what's the show gonna look like, how are we gonna write it, what's the storyline, on top of trying to to do production in a game where you need to be really good at production, something's gonna give. Focus on what you wanna talk about and hire somebody. If you got the funds, go raise a little bit of capital, ask your friends, cousins, you play the startup game, and see if you can rent a studio out for the first 10 episodes. And I guarantee by that time, you'll have your flow, you'll know what you're doing, and maybe you'll be able to start buying your own equipment. But definitely, I would say, see if you can get access to a studio so you can focus on the show and the content, at least for the first while. Yeah, I think that's great advice. There's nothing worse than trying to watch somebody's Zoom video. The sound quality isn't there. You can tell that you're working with professionals, and it shows, and it makes a big difference. Your show airs every Friday, is that right? Yeah, so we record uh, about one episode a week, um, and we were only releasing on Fridays full-hour episodes, but a lot of the feedback that we got was, hey, sometimes it's tough to listen to a full hour, blah, blah, blah. Maybe we should chunk it up. So now we just do a part one and part two. It allows us to release Friday mornings and Monday mornings, so we have a little bit more content out there. And then we just started chunking up the videos into like two-minute chunks. So now we have a lot more LinkedIn content that we can share on a daily basis. Yep. Another piece of advice, more points of contact with your network is always going to be good for building a network. We realized if we're just releasing one one one-hour video a week, if you have a huge network, scarcity is awesome. But when you're cultivating a network from scratch in an industry where you can't pay for Facebook ads or Instagram ads or all that good stuff because no one likes to advertise cannabis, it's all organic. So it means you got to be content, content got to be consistent and you got to start looking at content outside of just your weekly show or whatever format you do. It's not as easy as it seems, but if you work with the right people, it can make it a lot easier, especially if you want to get on the video side of it. I mean, that is not for the faint of heart. So you can check out the new episodes now every Friday and every Monday on all major podcast sites, including PodConnects. And Steven, it's great to have you on the show and I appreciate you doing this. Go Bills. Go Bills, baby. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.